you are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach, and although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And oh, wow, are we in for a conversation today? I want to introduce to you Mary Henderson, and she's a transformational leader and an internationally recognized personal branding and online business specialist. Mary helps service industry experts systematize, digitalize, and commercialize all the eyes, their knowledge, wisdom, and skills into a scalable and profitable online business and a brand so they can become authority in their niche or industry. Now, she has over 20 plus years experience building seven and eight figure businesses and building high performance sales teams in the IT sector, plus 15 years delivering online solutions for large and small businesses. She's been featured in many publications and is regarded as a thought leader in the digital sector. Now, Mary's point of difference. And I love this. I love this in your bio, Mary. Is her personal branding technology, an SAAS platform that has the ability to define person's brand essence with precision that can be applied across all communication touch points. So welcome to the show, Mary. Thank you, Kim. I'm so excited to be here. I really am. I love that in your bio, Mary's point of difference. That that that's just extraordinary word ninja wording. I, I just love that. <laughs> The reason I was so excited is Mary and I were had just met for the first time about eight minutes ago, 10 minutes ago, and uh, we got into such a wonderful discussion. We almost didn't start the podcast because we were just so enjoying talking to each other. So I know it's, today's going to be a great interview, and we really want to focus in on why you need an ecstatic brand experience. So first of all, you notice I highlighted the word ecstatic. Now, for those of you longtime Author to Authority podcast listeners, you will remember Winita Wittenratko, uh, my best friend and previous host, and her use of juicy words. So ecstatic is a juicy word and a word that I'm sure was carefully chosen for the effect that it would have. So Mary, as we get into today's podcast, I would love for you to take a few minutes, introduce yourself and share your, some of your business story with, with us. You know, how did you get to that point where you're now this personal branding and online business specialist? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show, Kim. This is, this is such a treat for me. I work with the most amazing people, industry experts who have accumulated thousands and thousands of hours in their area of specialization. And I help them genuinely, you know, merge all of that knowledge, wisdom, and skill set into a brand and a signature solution. It's a very important process because through that whole process, we do go through a commercialization process, the digitization, the whole sales process as well. 
to help them really stand out as a brand, but more importantly, become an authority in their area of specialization. And my story is, you know, has a lot of origins in my whole story in terms of how I merged all those origins together to actually find what I'm meant to be doing for the rest of my life. And my my real career started in the IT sector really back in let's call it year 2000, 99 slash 2000, I had the most amazing sliding door moment. I got this amazing job in a middle management position. My first day, my boss said to me, you know, Mary, I've got good news and I've got bad news for you. The good news is that you've got this amazing opportunity. The bad news is you've got 12 weeks to fix the problem. And I'm thinking, (laughs) I wish that you told me that in the interview. But anyway, they didn't want to scare you off. No, but but what happened is that this is a very important story because it's the reason why I'm here today, right? I had a meeting with a client who was a one of our biggest clients, but declining revenue. Um, our company couldn't solve the logistics problem, so there were there, there were a lot of issues in communication logistically mm-hmm. between both organisations. So, I have a meeting with the organisation. All these people there are straight up for the meeting except the decision maker and I'm thinking I've got 12 weeks to fix this problem none of these people in this room can make a decision what am I doing here so I leave that meeting I'm in a lift and the person who was supposed to be in my meeting is in the lift I'm wearing red snakeskin boots okay she's behind me and she's checking me up and then I could feel the daggers and she's like I just have to have those boots and I looked at her with enthusiasm and curiosity and I'm like are you such and such? And she said, yes. And I said, you didn't show up to my meeting. And she said, that's because we're moving all of our business away from your company. Like you guys just seriously just can't get your, you know, what together. And I said, oh, no, 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 you don't understand. I can solve this problem. So I said, are you going downstairs to lunch? She said, yes. And I said, please let me buy you a coffee. I'll only take 10 minutes of your time. You can say no after the coffee, but just give me 10 minutes. And plus, I'll tell you where I bought my snakeskin boots from. And she's like, okay. So she laughed and, you know, we broke the ice. Just cut a long story short, you know, we had that meeting for 10 minutes and I said to her, let me solve the problem, but I can only do it if I work with your operations team. I need to understand how your systems work and then I can take it back to our organization and I can merge the systems together so they can actually talk to each other. I said, if you give me 12 weeks, I said, and, and, and for me to sit in your company with your operations team, I'll solve the problem. On the 12th week and one day, if I haven't solved the problem, you can ask me to leave. And she said, it's a deal. I ended up solving that problem in a massive way. But two things happened when I left that that 10 minute meeting. One is I recognized in myself, I was conscious enough to recognize that if I do solve this complex problem, I am I'm going to make sure that this entire industry knows about me and knows that I'm a complex problem solver, number one. Number two, I realized that my shoes were going to be a big part of my brand signature mm. because it was a conversation starter. Personal branding started for me there. I ended up getting creating my own demand in the industry. I was getting headhunted left, right, and center because I solved this massive problem. Everyone started to talk about it. I got headhunted by a tech company in California. I got this amazing, another amazing opportunity to be VP of sales for a big tech company. And I had a massive sales team. And I remember my first day saying, guys, you're going to throw your job descriptions in the bin 
and we're gonna I'm gonna convert you all into your own brands. That's how we're gonna yeah. that's how we're gonna roll. And I saw these people transforming because they were allowed to be themselves every day. And all of them were making six figures, Kim, with ease and grace. And then after that, I started my own software company, which I had for seven years. And then I had a massive epiphany, you know, in 2000, September 2011, three hours after my son was born. And I recognized that this business that I've built into multiple seven figures is not my purpose. I'm not meant to be doing this for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. I really hated what I had created. So I resigned from my own company with an infrastructure, a team, clients, turning over multiple seven figures. I resigned from my own company and January 2012, I merged my company with another company and took 12 months sabbatical to actually decide what am I going to do for the rest of my life. And I had a um, two mentors who really, really allowed me to just unapologetically be that vulnerable, so vulnerable so that I could open myself up by my purpose. And what happened, Kim, was really interesting because what I do today is what I genuinely do with ease and grace. It is based on the 40,000 hours of my professional and personal experience. And it's truly, truly who I am in my natural state of being. And here I am today now helping other people do exactly essentially what I did is really merge that wisdom and unpack it, turn it into a commercial solution and start creating that brand presence in the marketplace so they can be seen as the go-to person. Wow. You know what I love about your story, Mary, is you weren't afraid to confront in a respectful way. Yes. Because you could have realized who it was in the elevator and let fear take over. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that in those moments, you know, this is where scarcity works, right? Because, you know, I had 12 weeks and it's like, I have to fix this problem. I knew I could fix the problem just intuitively. Yes. I just knew I was made for that because I'm a systems thinker and a mm -hmm. systems designer. That's how I think. So I knew I, anything to do with systems, I knew I could fix it. Yeah, I think that you're right. I think that just put, going beyond fear, you know, is, is, is magical because beyond fear is magic for sure. I love the way you did it because there is a perception sometimes that, you know, as women, if we're being strong and powerful, there's, you know, some negative perceptions about that. But I love the fact that you were genuine, you were authentic, but you also didn't allow yourself to be pushed around. You knew what you wanted and you went for it. And I think that's something that's so important is that as entrepreneurs, that we be ourselves, our authentic selves. You realize that just after your son was born, that who you were was no longer serving you. And so you gave it all up. You stepped back. And, you know, that took a humongous amount of courage to do that. What I have found as an entrepreneur, because I've, you know, I've had quite a few different businesses over the years, is that each one served me for a time. But as I grew out of it, there came a time when I needed to change. Because I, I was no longer that person. I, I needed something that fit 
with who I was at the time. So I'm just so happy for you, Mary, that you had the courage to, you know, become your true self, figure out who that is, become that true self, and then serve others within it. So we're going to switch over here because I want to give you lots of time. I know you've come prepared today to share about, you know, creating that ecstatic brand experience. And I want to give you lots of time to share and then we'll talk about it. Perfect. When I talk about ecstatic brand experiences, I think that one thing that we forget, Kim, as business owners is a lot of us are caught up in what we do. A lot of us are caught up pushing our expertise, if you will, through our social media content and forgetting that the most important aspect of our business is to always stay top of mind. Even if a client is not or a prospect is not ready to buy from us or if they're browsing and shopping around, our goal as entrepreneurs is to figure out a way to always stay top of mind. And this is where ecstatic brand experience comes in, in a massive way. So I always like to ask people that, you know, even prospects that I speak to, when a prospect touches any part of your brand, whether it be online or offline, how do you make them feel? How do they walk away after they've experienced your brand? Do they walk away inspired? Do they walk away with hope? Do they walk away disgusted? Do they walk away feeling a sense of, I can do this? Do they feel awe, wonder, curious? There's so many words I can use here. But the goal for us as entrepreneurs is that wherever I go and I touch that brand, not only do I want to feel something from that person, but also I want to believe that person. I want to trust that person. And we forget that we are in an economy now where we're way beyond no like trust. We're in an economy where we're in no love buy. It's completely different because there's too much competition. So if we're going to blend in as a brand and if we're going to blend in with even our messaging, we will never, ever, ever stand out and be seen and, and be heard. So what does that create when we're not seen and when we're not heard? it creates uncertainty and it creates frustration and it creates self-doubt, which ultimately leads to isolation. That's where it ultimately leads us. And so many entrepreneurs relate to this story because it's like, I'm trying everything. I've implemented, I've done Facebook ads. I've, you know, engaged 500 coaches. I'm still at the same place. And what I have found is that, especially in the online space, Kim, so many Mm -hmm. coaches are teaching the same blueprint and I'm going to call it a blueprint because it's not even a framework it's the same blueprint and everyone's trying to push the same thing and what I'm saying is that that's not going to work that's antiquated it's old it doesn't fit in today's society we have to go so much deeper than just pushing a blueprint with a sales funnel and hoping, you know, for the best, doing what all these gurus are telling us to do, you know, go on social media, you know, you can make six figures without a website, without this, without that. I'm thinking that's amazing that all these people can make a million dollars without even having the fundamental basics in their business. Because I don't know about you, Kim, but when people check me out, the first place they go to is my website. (laughs) Yeah. 
So I think that when we talk about brain experiences, the touch points that have to capture a feeling and I think and a memory. So this is a strategy that we really need to spend time focused on. I'm gonna stop you there for a second. I love that. No love by. Yes. You know, I've never heard that before. You know, we've all heard the, you know, no like trust factor. Talk a little bit more about that. Yes, I'd love to. You know, the no like trust is to me so loose and it's it's too surface because because there's so much competition today. And I want to just remind everyone, let's think about this strategically and logically. AI machines are coming our way in a massive way. There are going to be a lot of coaches and entrepreneurs that are going to use AI machines to create content for their supposed course or program or their book or all sorts of things will be now generated through a machine, which I couldn't think of anything that is the opposite of being your true self. Like this is really, I know this is worshiping the ego on a whole new scale. And so, so people might argue, come on, Mary, it's so awesome to have these AI machines. It can really help us. No, it actually cannot. There's no soul. You're absolutely right. And so for me, no like trust fits into that beautifully because now you're competing with machine generated content. All these gurus will be sitting back who are brilliant salespeople and actually taking market share from you, the person who has genuinely accumulated 10, 20, 30 years in your area of specialization. And because they are 20 and confident and will do anything for fame, and you are now 35, 40, 45, 50, and you're like, oh my God, I'm getting old, which is not the truth, but that's how we feel. Now you're now you're in competition with a 20-year-old who's got no life experience or you know, has life experience, but till 20, what am I gonna what is a 20-year-old going to teach me about genuinely personal branding when I've been doing it for the last 23 years? Like seriously. Yeah. So so when we look at the no live, no love by factor, it, it's it's very important to start and understand then. How am I going to show up in the public arena? When I'm on social media, how do I get people to take notice of me so that they can start to, so I want people to get to know me on social media. That's my ultimate goal. It's like get to know me, you know, through the different areas, not just of my specialization, but the things that I'm genuinely interested in. And I am genuinely interested in human transformation. Like that is my absolute passion. And so getting to know me happens through my content. Yes. To love me is I'm going to take you on a journey with my content that you need to, we need to do a bit of an exchange here. I, you know, give me your email and I'm going to give you something. And I want to communicate with you ongoing. Or maybe you want to, might want to join my Facebook group. Or maybe you want to do, so I'm I'm constantly giving people ecstatic experiences so they can get to love me. Because if I can do that, mm-hmm. if I capture that person's attention, now not only am I top of mind, but something else happens. They will go and tell everybody else about you, even if they don't buy, even if they never are your client, they will go and tell and all their friends, oh my God, you should go. People write to me all the time. Yep. And and then the buy is becomes very easy because that then becomes the effect of all of that cause. And yes. so then we're not selling, Kim. Now what I do is I 
when people come to me on a strategy call, they're buyers. Mm -hmm. They're not browsers. They're ready to buy from me immediately. It's like, I'm, I don't need you to sell. Just tell me what you got. This is, this, this is how my conversations are on my strategy calls because they've already experienced Mary. And most importantly in that no love buy is consistency and congruency. Wherever people go to check me out, you will always see consistency. The language is consistent. The things I talk about are always consistent. So there's yeah. no disconnect at all. You know, when you're talking about, you know, competition and AI, and we, I was just, I was telling you, we were at PodFest and there was massive discussions because they were talking about, you know, the, the big new one and how you use it. And I said to people, but there's no soul behind it. Well, how can people tell the difference? They can tell the difference, you know, yes. and if, if everyone's using that AI generated content, which I hope they do, I hope my competition uses the AI genuine because then that allows me to stand out in my authenticity. And I think that that is so important. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm not against AI and I'm not against the technology. And, you know, I've checked out some different ones to do show notes and different things. Yeah. And, you know, some of it's not not too bad. But, you know, the thing is, I look at it and I go, well, first of all, I'm a writer. So, I mean, most of the stuff I can do in my sleep. <laughs> but the thing is, is that it, it loses that authenticity. And, and I think that is so incredibly important. I wrote a book called Author to Authority, same as the podcast. And one of the things that I talk about in the book is how do you stand out from the competition? So, you know, if you go into a grocery store and you need a light bulb, right? Do you go to, you know, where they are in the, in the light bulb aisle? And, and do you sit there and carefully pick through and look? No, you grab the first box that has the wattage you want and you walk away. Don't be like that in your business. Because then you will get some business because eventually somebody's going to choose you because you're the top one in the pile. But I'd rather stand out. I'd rather be the light bulb that's shining and saying, hey, come see the light. I agree with you, Kim. And I think that this is really important. And also, when you have that mindset also is where premium pricing is as well because mm -hmm. when your messaging is consistent and congruent all the time the right people will take notice of that and I noticed mm -hmm. this with, with the people that follow me you know it's not I'm not for everyone and and thank god I'm not for everyone I'm for the people that I consider are my target audience which are industry experts mm -hmm. they're the only people I want to speak to I want to start a conversation mm -hmm. with them because they're mature they're ready you know, they're at a whole different level in their life. And I want to work with those people. And to stand out and be that shining light bulb, I have to do things differently, you know. Yeah. And I think that this is really, really, uh, you know, it's a part of, it's a, we have to be strategic and deliberate in everything that we do. I could not agree with you so much. I'm just sitting there going, wow, just so much in congruency between you and I. You know, I teach on authority marketing. How do you stand out? How do you gain that visibility? How do you present yourself in such a way, like you said, that your target market is attracted to you? Yes. I say on a regular basis, I'm not everybody's cup of tea and I don't want to be everybody's cup of tea. Yep. I want to be somebody's cup of tea though. Yes, exactly. And then what happens based on that is that the people that we work with, they want to work with us. They don't need us. Do you see the difference here? Yes. Because you, then you don't attract needy clients that just have these false expectations and they're desperate. I don't want those people. I want to, I want people to 
want to work with me, that they're in it for the long ride, not for the quick fix. And that makes a huge difference to how you show up as, you know, as a business owner as well. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because when I first started doing ghostwriting, that's how I got into being a publisher. You know, I would take on any job. Yes. And very quickly, I realized there were whole groups of people I did not want to work with. And and you are so right. When you brand yourself properly, when you give that ecstatic brand experience, when people look at you and they see the consistency and they see the congruency, the two things you said, and I really want the audience to catch this, is premium pricing. Mm-hmm. When you have done this properly, you can practically charge whatever you want and there will be people who will pay it. Absolutely. You know, so that's, that's the first thing. And the second thing that you said that was, that was critical is when you're at that point, you're, you said you're working with people who want to work with you and don't need to work with you. And the thing is the people who need to work with you, they're desperate. They are needy. They want all your time, all your attention. They don't want to pay you what you're worth. They nickel and dime you and then complain because you gave them, you didn't give them big enough discounts. So just... Listeners, if you catch that, what Mary just shared with you is gold and can change your business. And also, Kim, if I can just add one more thing, you know, a lot of women have real issues with what we just what what you just mentioned. You know, a lot of women that have, you know, significant issues in pricing their Mm. expertise you know, knowing that they can genuinely solve a complex problem, but actually have this fear around charging premium pricing. Now, fear only happens around pricing is when you have uncertainty about the solution that you're delivering. So there must be gaps and inconsistencies in what you're bringing to the table because people, because we have to understand this is very, very easy to solve humans, all humans need to logically process that this person can genuinely solve my problem. So that's why we have Excel spreadsheets, because logically the brain says, oh, if I just lay this out, I can just add up all those numbers just by dragging that column down and it will give me a total. Logic. So we have to understand that logic plays a significant role in buying decisions. It's not emotion one part, but logic is a is a huge, huge part. And the reason for that is because the brain goes into fight or flight. The moment that the prospect believes that they're in a uh, in a dangerous situation, mm-hmm. in other words, aka someone selling to me or pushing scarcity, you've lost that prospect because their brain is absolutely going mm-hmm. insane and it's going into fight or flight. So we can't do, we can't sell like that anymore. That's the old car salesman scarcity tactics. And by the way, I would say that 95% of coaches are in that bracket. Mm-hmm. They're just pushing, pushing, pushing because they're desperate or they may not be desperate. They're just selling numbers. It's just another sale of them in that month, but they're selling yeah. scarcity tactics. Trust me, if you're going to sell scarcity tactics, it does become the client from hell, guaranteed. So what we need to do is we need to understand how to bring logic into the dialogue. And when you can speak from that space, then you're going to grab attention, you know, and rather than 
you know, making people feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Again, remembering that our goal at the end of every conversation is to create ecstatic brand experiences so we can always stay top of mind. You know what's interesting, Kim, just on that strategy, I have found that the people, the prospects I speak to today, Mm -hmm. not all of them sign up with me on that first call. They don't. They're they're my right, my perfect client. They're just not ready today. But you know what's lo and behold, how many of them have returned six months, 12 months later, some two years later and said, you know what, Mary, I should have listened to you two years ago. I should have signed up. I went with this coach. I went with that. I'm still in the same place. I just got to move forward. And that's what happens. So Mm -hmm. then you start to build a pipeline rather than be reactive. You know, one thing I teach is when you're selling, everything about you has to say, I want to work with you. I want to have you as my client, but I don't need to have you as my client. And I think when when you have that attitude, so it's not really scarcity in that sense, okay? Because I'm I'm not saying, oh, I'm so high up, you, you know, you can't, you know, but my body language, everything says I'm not desperate for business. Yes, yes. And that becomes attractive because people sometimes, you know, I've had people say to me, it's like, you didn't push back when I said I wasn't ready. I mean, I always ask questions. I want to get a true sense, but they're like, you, I didn't feel like you were trying to push me into anything. I said, cause I'm not. Yeah. I said, I want to work with you. I think, I think your book is going to be amazing and impactful, but I don't need your business. And they kind of look at me funny. It's like, you don't need my business. No, I don't need your business. Now, do I want your business? Yes. Cause I want to work with you, but I don't need you. You should never let any one client or customer make or break your business. We could probably keep going on, Mary, but we're actually slightly over time already. So <laughs> if people have been listening today and they're like, I need to learn a bit more about Mary and what she does, how can they connect with you? Please book a coach. I do a free coaching call, um, maryhendersoncoaching.com slash apply, A-P-P-L-Y. You can reach me out on all social media at Mary Henderson Coaching. That's LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. And if you want to email me, please feel free to do that also, Mary at maryhendersoncoaching.com. Wow, this has been this has been amazing. I I do want to give you one opportunity for one query, quick last thought. I leave on this point all the time. It's this, this is how important this is. If you're sitting on a lot of accumulated knowledge, wisdom, and skill set, please do something with it. Wisdom is an intellectual currency, and it's the only way we can solve complex problems in the world. It can only be done through wisdom. Please don't sit on a gold mine and do nothing with it. Get up, confront yourself and go for it. Do something with it. The world needs people like you. We don't need people using AI machines and taking market share from you. Love it. Thank you so much, Mary, for being on the show. This has been Mary Henderson and Kim Thompson Pinder on the Author to Authority podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, share it out. Let others know about it. Have a great day, everyone, and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye now. You've been listening to the Author to Authority Podcast. 
the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder, has helped over 200 entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers, and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business. And many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.